<clears throat> Welcome to the TB Toy Cast, where Travis and Brian talk all things toys from the past, the present, and the future. Ugh, that's all we need, another podcast where a bunch of nerds talk about toys. Enjoy the show! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again for the TV Toy Cast. My name is Brian, and joining me as always, well, at least for two weeks in a row, my good <laughs> buddy uh, Jeff from the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Jeff, welcome back again, man. Thanks, Breaker. How you doing over there, man? I am doing well. We didn't, I guess, didn't uh, we didn't kill it. We didn't kill the territory with Saturday Night Live, so we're back again. I, I guess people are still demanding us to come back. So hey, I'm here for this. Heck yeah, man. Oddly enough, speaking of Saturday Night Live, I got to throw this out there real quick. So, you know, I, I was on Peacock the other day and Peacock's actually a pretty good streaming service as far as like different stuff. They have a lot of stuff on there. And I was going through Saturday Night Live because I was like, man, they have a lot of Saturday Night Live on there. I'd like to see all of it. And I was like, I would love to watch some of the 90s stuff because, you know, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, kind of the stuff we talked about last week. But I went to like an episode when I found out Chris Farley was on the cast and I was like, turned it on to watch it. And the episode was only 45 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, did they, did they condense it? Did they pull stuff out? I don't know if they've been edited or not. I was like, huh, cause I remember those being much longer episodes. Yeah. So the episodes were an hour and a half. It went from 1130 to one. So even with all the commercials taken out, that would knock it down to what an hour, 18 hour, 12, something like that. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. So they must be pulling some sketches out. Was the news on there? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, they probably pulled some sketches out just to kind of condense it to under an hour. I'm wondering if there was like some stuff that's not appropriate today. That, that could was be considered funny in 1991. I don't know, but exactly. That happens it, a it lot. Just, yeah, it does. And it's just kind of disappointing. And I, I understand why they do it, but it's like, I would like to see the entire episode as it was, you know, because those that to me, that was the era of Saturday Night Live. If you go back and you watch a lot of 80s wrestling and you listen to the commentary of Gorilla Monsoon on there, or he says some things and you're like, hmm, that's <laughs> wow, that did not age well. You know? <laughs> There's some Heenan jokes out there, too, that are not definitely appropriate. Yes. Yep, exactly. Like, there, uh, forget what it was, it was WrestleMania 4, I believe, that I went back and rewatched. And there was some commentary between Ventura and Monsoon. You're like, hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Different, 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 different age, different age. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is weird how that happens sometimes and how we don't, I guess, think about it. Right. But, uh, but hopefully you guys enjoyed our conversation about Saturday Night Live figures last week. If you have not checked it out, it's a fun episode. This week, we're actually going to be diving into Transformers Generation One. Hell in our yeah. Main event. Series one, it'll be just the first half because it's such a long wave of figures. I don't know how we went 100 episodes of this show and haven't talked about Transformers. That's kind of crazy to me. But that's what's so interesting about this show is I feel like we've covered so much, but we really haven't even scratched the surface with so many different lines. Well, like you and Travis did, what was episode 100? It was a WWF line. It was uh, it was must- unlimited. Unlimited. Like there's still numerous series of Jacks. There are still numerous. Oh, yeah. Uh, numerous series of Hasbros that like you said, haven't even scratched the surface. So there's so much more to go. You know, there's so much content out there that's just waiting to be tapped into. Well, and like that line, that unlimited line was such a weird one-off. Like, I mean, they Mm -hmm. did a few waves, but it was one of those where it's like, 
what is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> like aesthetically there, it's like, it's kind of like, Oh, it's kind of a fun idea, but it just, it didn't really work. And Jax was kind of known for that. They put a lot of weird stuff out there where it was like that, or, you know, um, maximum sweat or, you know, the, <laughs> just so many random stuff and, and so it's kind of interesting like you said there's so many le- uh, waves and different lines of stuff that we haven't even touched on that like it's going to be not to mention like all the random movies that had toys yeah we, we've touched on we did like coneheads I, with, I did that with nate from ring skirts a few weeks ago but that's the first one in a while but there's so many random movies that had just like a quick few week toy line and mm-hmm. you don't see that as much nowadays but I mean, even still, like my Walmart's still clogged with Buzz Lightyear stuff. Still, huh? Yeah, I mean, so it's and that stuff never moves. I I don't feel like like that Space Jam movie they did with LeBron. Mm-hmm. I saw those Space Jam figures for ages. It felt like well, just a few years ago they did move, but they moved over to Big Lots. That's the only place they moved to, you right? Know, for yeah. a cheaper price. It is wild how how toys change. But I was talking to Daniel Cross about this. And he, he brought up an interesting point, and we may have talked about this before, but how he said, if you look at everything that's on the pegs right now, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, wrestling, Turtles, um, Transformers, he said, this is all stuff from back in the day. Mm-hmm. He, he thinks that he said they're completely geared towards collectors oh, yeah. and they're not even they're not even trying to push towards the, the young kids anymore. Mm-hmm. And while that's great for us at this point that kind of makes me worry about the future of toys because I don't know, in 30 years, are these kids going to get nostalgic for Fortnite figures? I don't know. Well, there's not really anything for kids to get nostalgic for like, cause they're not, most of the kids nowadays are on their phones or on their iPads. And Scott and I have mentioned this numerous, numerous times. So the toy collector, excuse me, the toy companies, I should say have now geared their money towards the big kids that now have jobs that now have money to expendable income. Right. And so there's, they're now just like, okay, well let's put out star Wars. Let's put out transformers. Let's put out, you know, hey, let's relaunch all the ghostbusters stuff, you know, let's relaunch he man in the three or the, uh, the Remco style bodies, the uh, original style. And on top of that, let's also make them in a six inch scale. So, you know, they're, they're gearing towards the big kids, which is us, you know, wrestling figure collectors, Marvel collectors, DC collectors, so on and so forth. Right. And, and it makes total sense as for a business. Oh, no, I, I, for sure it does, but that's the thing is it kind of makes me worry, like I said, for the future of what that might look like. But then again, you know, there might be kids like, you know, I've taken my nephew down the toy aisle a few times and but I'll show him he, man, I'll show him you know, different things and not everything grabs his attention, but every now and then he'll say like a, he saw some of the beast wars transformers mm-hmm. a while back. And he's like, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Didn't know anything about him, but he was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can win, win the kids over too. a question for you. Is there any toy that gets him excited? Like, Oh crap. They, you know, this toy is supposed to be coming out. Does he see a commercial for it or anything? Or is there anything out there for the kids nowadays? See, that's that's another thing because us, we had the toy commercials. Yeah. I mean, we had entire afternoon blocks dedicated to, you know, Nickelodeon. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, all that stuff was dedicated to us. That's where all the toy commercials were. Um, always had the after school stuff happening. Um, we had another catalogs, right? Like Sears catalog, Toys R Us catalog. Those are always huge to get. 
Um, I don't think so. I think he's into wrestling figures, but I show him all that stuff, right? Like he doesn't actively follow it. He's just kind of like, oh, I want this guy because that's cool. Like, but he's not following the the news. So, but he's also really only into wrestling because I've tried to show him like, hey, here, check out these uh, Batman figures. Hey, check out these Ninja Turtles. Check out Masters of the Universe. Check out Star Wars. Mostly because I just want to see see what he thinks of them. You know, will he will he like these? He really sticks with just wrestling, which is which is great because I was like that too as a kid. But it's kind of cool to see, you know, the trends that the kids go in. Like, will they? Because I've shown him Fortnite too. Like, hey, do you like these? And eh, not really. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. He just wants his wrestling stuff. So, um, I don't know. It's interesting, but like that's a very interesting thing because now we get excited for when they're going to do a GI Joe reveal on Instagram, whereas mm-hmm. before it was a toy commercial. It was a print ad it was something like that and that's it's just different now yeah as i said the seems like their attention nowadays is all on their phones is all on their ipads it seems like that that's where the kids attention is and playing with toys just isn't there like scott and i would sit there play wrestling figures for two and a half three hours indian style in the middle tier of our parents house i watched scott's youngest daughter growing up she was born in 2009 she was on her iPad at age five, six, watching YouTube videos, you know, for mm-hmm. it was for kids, but it wasn't right. like pushing toys. It wasn't a cartoon that was made to push a toy or anything like that. Well, and a lot of that is we didn't have that, right? Like we didn't have the iPads yep. or if like, I remember my family got our first computer when I was like in seventh grade. So I got more into it then. But even then I was looking up toys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> like, it, it's just a different time. But I, you know, like even think about television, right? That's a, that's a whole different thing. Like we had to be in front of the TV at a certain time. Cause that's when that show came on. Mm-hmm. Everything we watch now is on demand, yep. which is kind of crazy to think how that is. Right. You can yeah. literally watch pretty much anything you want whenever you want. Yep. You can watch multiple episodes. You can, you know, wait it's it's totally different the way we consume entertainment so i think part of that is because of the how the society has changed because my niece and nephew are the same way they're totally into phones or ipads or youtube or any of that stuff whereas yeah we enjoy all that but we didn't grow up with that we grew up Mm -hmm. with figures so we kind of had to make our own fun with it i think which is why we enjoy it today their nostalgia is going to be iphone five or six or seven or eight (laughs) yeah the iPad third generation, whatever. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, this is nostalgia for you. And this is kind of funny, but Daniel Cross was telling me on, on the Rumble Wheel a few weeks ago that he has his Game Boy still, his childhood Game Boy. Oh. With five games or like five or six games. I'm like, which games you have? You know, I'm just kind of asking. He's <laughs> like, I got like Street Fighter and Tetris and Mario. And I'm like, dude. Oh. I kind of want to. I kind of want to get a Game Boy, you know, and like, and it's and it's weird because I have this retro pie that Travis built for me. Uh-huh. It's got every Game Boy game on there, every single one. Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color doesn't matter. All of them are on there. So there's no real logical reason for me to go buy an old school Game Boy, four AA batteries, and a game <laughs> when it's going to be way overpriced, right? But there's something fun about having the original Game Boy in hand, right? Like, oh yeah, that's nostalgia, and that's what is so crazy to me because i i put my retro pie on today and i was playing like the wcw main event game and super mario land and ninja turtles and i'm like yeah this really isn't all that great but 
man, it's really cool to play Game Boy games. Like, that's nostalgia, though, right? Like, I'm not going to get nostalgia for the stuff they have today or the mm-hmm. shows I see today, but it's like that stuff from back in the day, man, it hits, hits you a different way. Well, you know what's funny is one of the things I was thinking about is our generation is so hooked on nostalgia. I mean, well, shit, that's what the fully posable wrestling figure podcast this is. This one, too. About. Yeah. I mean, this that's one what too. it's all about. But did our parents ever sit there and go, man, back in the day, those GI Joes were the, they were huge and, you know, stuff like they didn't have that nostalgia for back yeah. in the day. It was almost like they were content with everything that was going on in the moment in the 80s and the 90s. My dad didn't never sat there and go, oh, yeah, oh, man, those G.I. Joes that we used to play with back in the day. Oh, man, those mm-hmm. were awesome though, with the Jeep and every dad never did that. Neither did mom. I think the only thing mom actually did was she got nostalgic over, I think, like the original Monopoly or whatever generation yeah. Monopoly she grew up with. But that was it. Like for us, it's like, oh, man, they're making another Hogan figure. Oh, man, they're making an Ahmed Johnson figure. You know, we get excited sure. about even these third companies coming out with guys that we're nostalgic about. But it's funny, the generation of us today and how nostalgic we are about the toys of the 80s and the 90s right. and how, how our parents had no connection of toys of the 50s and the 60s. And you mentioning G.I. Joe's, that's the only figure my dad's ever talked about as far as like toys. Like, oh, I remember back in the day they were big. Like he would always say that if I ever bought one. And that was yeah. really it. Yeah. And he, like I told him, like, you know, some of the vintage toy stores, they still have some of those. It's like, really? The originals? It's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. He's not going to like, you know, he's, you know, 62 now. He's not going to go and check those out. Like he's not into that. But right. it's it's one of those things where we have grown up with this, I think. And so I think we're in that weird period. Like we don't recall life without video games to some degree. Like I remember when we got our very first Nintendo in the house, mm-hmm. like it was a huge day, right? <laughs> Having the, the gun and the, the controllers and like being able to rent tapes. Like how cool was that? Like that was the coolest thing to be able to rent Nintendo games. Right. And, and then like buying VHS tapes. That's another thing. Like, remember hearing my dad say, I remember when we got our first VCR and I was like, well, how'd you watch movies at home before you got it? He goes, you didn't. And I'm you like, didn't. what? <laughs> like, how, like, he's like, unless it was on TV. And I'm like, oh, wow. And then even then, like, they'll tell you, oh yeah, back in the day, we only had three channels. Uh huh. And so like, you think about it, it's like, wow, how weird. But a lot of that generation played outside more, right? Because yeah. there was, they had to entertain our, entertain themselves. Fast forward to our generation. There's a lot more for us to do in the house. Right. So, Granted, I still like to play outside, but like, you know, I had my Nintendo, I had my figures, I had my Hot Wheels, I had my Ninja Turtles, I had all this stuff I could do. I had board games, I had, you know, wrestling tapes that they would buy me. So, you know, like it was a different, it was a different time. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to this current generation, they have iPads, they have iPhones, they have Oculus, they have all this stuff. <laughs> like, why do they need toys for? That's stupid, you know, like, yeah. I can watch a kid on YouTube playing with toys, you know? I, I know. And I don't understand why they would want to watch kids playing with toys. I, and I see somebody. Do. I know. I know. I don't understand it. But my I don't nephew want to... literally had, he had a video up on his TV of a kid doing a Royal Rumble. And I'm like, we could literally do this right now. I just want to watch him. And I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. You know, what's funny is I, I don't mean to sound like old man, get off my lawn type of person, but. You see the younger generation, you're like, I don't understand what they're doing. I don't, right. I can't comprehend. Rewind about 40 years ago, 35 years ago. 
our parents were probably saying the same thing about us. Oh, those kids, those kids and their wrestling toys. All they do is sit there and play with their wrestling figures. All they do is go upstairs and play Nintendo all night. You know, Mm -hmm. fast forward to us. It's like, man, we don't understand this younger generation. Like there's such a huge disconnect. Well, and what's going to be funny is the current kids now when they are adults, like, I mean, think about how much technology's changed in the last, say, decade and how much it's going to change in the next decade. Mm-hmm. So it's going it, to, I mean, you know, 2032 is coming around. That's when Simon Phoenix, you know, breaks out. So we all going to be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you got the Demolition Man reference. <laughs> of course, dude, of course. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the chat GBT or AI to, uh, recreate scott and i for uh, the fully posable podcast and then they, exactly we could, we could just do our voices they could just do our voices and we don't have to record every week <laughs> that, exactly yeah but like you know i was thinking like I'm, I'm sure the kids today are gonna like when the technology booms even more they're gonna be like whoa like i remember my dad he was telling me because he was a fireman for so many years he said yeah because he you know he was in his 30s probably mid-30s when he was there. And so the young guys at the fire department would bring their PlayStations because it's a 24 hour shift. He's like, yeah, they were playing this game and like, they're both on the screen and they, they were like shooting guns and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, which game is that? And I was like, well, there's a bunch of games like that. And he's like, that'd be so much fun. Like I could tell he was thinking like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, or I was like, you know, same with like Mario Kart or any of the racing games. Like, yeah, I, any of those, like, you can do that on. He's like, oh, that's so cool. Like it's, but again, he, I we had the Nintendo and he played that a little bit, but once the game systems moved up, he kind of got out of them. Kind of where I'm at now. Like yep. I have a Nintendo Switch, I don't play it anymore. But like my nephew's got like his PS4, and I'm just like, this is beyond me. I don't. And like Scott stays with the gaming, Bane stays stuck with gaming. But I think me and you kind of both fell off, you know, because it's not right. really for us anymore. So it's very interesting how how things will change, and you know, eventually we'll all kind of will drift away and I, i'm sure figure collecting because i know covid got a lot more people back into it mm-hmm. i'm sure part of that was i know there was periods of, a period of my life and i know you've talked about it before too on fully posable where we didn't have as much money mm-hmm. and not as much disposable income and so yeah i would look at the figures and I'm like man that's awesome man i want that and i just kind of knew i can't i just right. i financially i just can't afford to dive into that rabbit hole yep and then when you have the money you can you're like hmm you know then you start looking <laughs> at your phone like Wonder what other figures they made, and you start kind of going through <laughs> everything. But I kind of wonder if that during COVID, if that's what got people back into collecting, because all of a sudden we see NECA turtles are huge, and Super Seven's doing great business, and wrestling figures are going off. Now that like, oh, let's bring back He Man, let's do all this stuff because people started seeing that it was starting to resurgence. Yeah, and I'm kind of concerned about the toy collecting in the next few years. Are we going to hit a recession? Are we going to? You know, the fear of recession is always looming, you know, because we it always goes in waves. Right. You know, the oh, we don't have any debt. We're the country of like millions and millions of dollars. And the next thing you know, it's like poverty. And you're like, oh, crap. (laughs) You know, so I'm kind of worried about if we do go into a recession, I'm kind of worried about the wrestling figure game coming up in the next few years. But I don't want to be Mr. Doom and Gloom. No, I, I get you, but that but that's the thing about it is because we just don't know. Um, I, I want to talk about some some news we saw this week though. Power Town, they're actually shipping Power Town Ultras uh, Series One minus mm-hmm. Carrie Von Eric, which I think that was the right call. They said Carrie got delayed, so hey, we're just going to ship what we have, and 
you guys enjoy him, which I think is awesome. Right. Um, I think a lot of people were on the fence about the power town line. They weren't sure. Um, did you end up ordering any? And, yeah, sure did. I got, um, uh, I did. I got Magnum and I got, uh, uh, Brody. That Brody figure, I feel like was a must for almost everybody. Mm-hmm. To me, Stan Hansen was too. I had to get Hansen, but mm-hmm. after seeing these on, on, box and everything i was super impressed now, i don't have them in hand yet but these things look amazing from everything i can tell so i'm really kind of stoked for what power town is going to bring to the table here yeah and i think that there's a lot of concern with any company that starts up right away especially these third-party companies if it's not Mattel or hasbro i think everybody's kind of like oh wait we're waiting for that other shoe to drop and everything's yeah. in a the trains in a derail and you know all this stuff and we're not to get our money back and that's not a that's not always true I think a lot of people are just so hesitant if it's not Hasbro, NECA, Mattel, Super 7, the big names. Sure. If it's a third-party company, they're just they're like, oh, I just got screwed over. That's it. Game over. Life's over. You know, stuff like that. It's not always the case. So I think a lot no. of people, I think a lot of people went to going back to the word doom and gloom, the words I should say. I think a lot of people went to that doom and gloom mentality right away when the smallest of thing that they, you know, oh, I cracked this. This is this isn't happening. We're not getting our figures. They just took our money. Uh, that's not true. Just calm down. You know, Powertown had to kind of right the ship with some things, and they did. And now the figures are shipping. You're gonna get them in hands. The panic was over nothing. You know, you got yourself all riled up. It was over nothing. And we're going to get your figures here shortly. So, kudos, kudos to Powertown oh. for keeping the naysayers at a bay. No, I agree. I think um, the series one looks awesome. Everything I can tell mm-hmm. Brody, I feel like was a must get for almost everybody. Um, but then, you know, you have like the Luthes, the Vern Gagne, which is interesting. But like, I remember talking with Travis about this, but I'm like, I don't think either one of those guys ever had a figure. So the, no. and Travis said he knew someone personally that was like, I'm definitely buying Vern Gagne because he was from like Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, there you go. Like, I mean, there's maybe if we're not into it, that doesn't mean there's not a market for it. So, yeah. I, I'm super excited to see because I heard once everyone gets Series 1 in hand, they're going to start announcing Series 2. I'm super excited for it, man, because like you you start thinking, like I don't know if they have the Road Warriors signed, but I think that would be sick if they did because I would love some 6-7 to seven inch Road Warriors. We haven't got those in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Brody, Hanson, all those guys were great. But then not only that, just today as we record this, they announced the first wave of the new Remco style. So that's initially what I thought Power Town was going to be because mm-hmm. this is a guy that was head of that was working with Remco, uh, Steve Rosenthal, doing it. So I I assume this is what we were going to get initially. Well, they backtracked and they're doing two separate lines. They announced today we're getting Rock and Roll Express, Ricky and Robert. We're getting an I Quit match version of Magnum and and Tully. Now I don't know are these bloody variants? I'm not sure. Yep. Like I would love the broken chair. I would love extra heads with blood. I don't know what we're going to get, though. We'll, we'll see. Uh, they announced uh, Bobo Brazil, Tito Santana, Nick Bockwinkle, and the Missing Link. So eight figures total. We don't know. I assume some two-packs, maybe some single releases. We're, we don't know anything just yet. But this is a pretty cool lineup of figures. And I'm, I'm sure not everyone's not into all of them, but I would have to say most people have to be curious about Rock and Roll and the Missing Link for sure, right? Mm-hmm. And what's cool is that the Rock and Roll Express actually fit in with that AWA era. Yes. 
because when they left the NWA, they went to AWA. And so they're going to fit in perfectly with that AWA era. Tolly and Magnum, brilliant. Especially, oh, yeah. especially in a Remco style. If you have the rights to do those guys, beautiful. Chef's kiss. Awesome. Love it. Um, Bobo Brazil, first figure. Awesome. Yeah. Missing Link, deep dive. Great. I, I think it's, maybe his first figure too, right? If uh, doing the Rolodex, but I think you're correct. He may have had a classic, but I don't remember. I don't. Uh, it's one of those. There have been so many wrestling figures throughout the years. I know, especially. Yeah, thanks, Jax. <laughs> There's a I lot of. A, I have a custom missing link, but I don't think he's had anything licensed yet. No, I don't think so. Uh, Tito Santana. I'm actually excited to see what outfit they put him in. Obviously, they Me too. at this time and nothing has been announced. They don't have Rick Martel, so are they going to put him in purple trunks? Are they going to put him in the red? So I'm curious about the Tito Santana. And I know a lot of people will probably point back and go, Oh, target Tito, target Tito. You know, we, we joked about that on the show back in 2016, but that's got me excited to see what is he going to look like? What outfit is he going to be in? It's a good lineup for their first Remco series. Also too, uh, Nick Bockwinkle. Now he's an interesting one because he actually had a Remco. He did. So, and I don't, I, he may have had a classic as well, but again, not a lot of figure representation for Bockwinkle. So I'm, I, that's, that's kind of a fun one. What's great about this line also is if I'm not mistaken, uh, Greg Gagne is involved in it. Mm-hmm. So he's able to go back and get a lot of those old AWA guys to come on like a Bockwinkle, you know, his connections with the rock and roll express, you know, stuff like that, oh, so yeah. we, you know, just to get a lot of, some of those AWA guys that we may not have gotten in the past in the original Remco run that we're going to get now. And that's awesome. I'm excited for this, uh, for power town and see what else they're going to do and who else they're going to sign. Well, I think it's also cool that they're, they announced this. We also know asylum all stars is doing uh, the Remco style figures where they have, you know, you know, vicious and delicious and, Mm-hmm. and the road warriors and earl hebner and then they've announced the eddie guerrero black tiger kind of like two and one for mm-hmm. wave two but then of course there's mattel doing wwe superstars mm-hmm. so to me this is like a really cool thing where you essentially it's kind of like early days of when everyone was doing retro figures it's like oh awesome i can get retro figures from everybody but then again it also becomes like oh man that's is this going to be too much yeah it's like we're experiencing with the retros now yeah, let's keep it to three. Each company is going to be able to tackle a certain era. Right. A lot A lot of these collectors are going to be able to have their dream matches. And let's just keep it to three. Let's keep our hands, you know, let's keep it to right. three. Three is the magic number on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think it's cool to see that they announced the names that they announced because that could lead to these guys getting ultra figures. And the two that I'm thinking of right away are Rock and Roll Express. Exactly. I know you're a huge Rock and Roll Express fan. They've, to my knowledge, they've only had the Jack's classic two pack that was not the best representation for them. No, and actually, Nate Ringskirts had to kind of correct me on this one. And so apparently, they switched the hair. Ricky's yeah. hair went on to Robert, Robert's hair, or something like that. Yeah. And when you look at them, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. But uh, yeah. you're correct. They've only had the Jack's classic. I know that they're signed a zombie, mm-hmm. uh, zombie sailor, but we haven't gotten those figures yet. We haven't even seen anything yet. Correct. So we've only seen a, a a live shot, I believe. But anyways, 
yeah, Jack's Classic is the only place we have gotten the Rock and Roll Express. We were supposed to get Ricky Morton in the Galoob line. Right. And, oh, God, I wish that figure would have came out. Man, yeah, that would have been... Wouldn't that have been weird, though, if, like, all that time as them as a tag team, we only got a single Ricky Morton and not them as a team? <laughs> That's so weird. But, yeah, no, I, it's it's kind of crazy because we've, we're seeing so many of these uh, third-party companies that kind of made me wonder, like, well, are we going to get Rock and Roll Express? And, you know, I knew Zombie had them signed, but I think it's – I don't know, man. I think it's awesome that, that Powertown's doing them. So I, I hope we get them in the six-inch scale. I think that would be great. Um I love to see Tully Blanchard in the six inch line because I know he had a Mattel, but that's been a few years. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just think that would be really, really cool. And the other thing that I'm also interested in to kind of do a little bit of a deeper dive into these, I want to see what other belts they have the rights to do the designs mm-hmm. on because Magnum came with that old school US title look. And I, that's my favorite US title of all time. And maybe because I grew up with it and stuff like that. But I love that US title. Now, I know they don't have the rights, at least at this time, to do the NWA titles. So, like, they can't do the NWA tags, you know, stuff like that. So, what belts can they put in with the Rock and Roll Express? That would be really, really cool. I don't know. Like, I was I was sitting there wondering if they could do Smoky Mountain, but I think WWE owns all of that now. I think Cornette be- sold it to them. I believe so. So, it's hard to say, you know. Um, but, no, that would be really cool if they could mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. NWA tag belts. That would be That would be amazing. Oh, don't tease me. Don't tease me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I, I'm digging what Power Town's doing. I think it's really cool. So I mean, I'm excited to see what they what they have coming. 100%. We got to talk G.I. Joe because G.I. Joe will forever be um, a fun thing because that was kind of like the first line I felt like you and Scott on Fully Posable really got invested in outside mm-hmm. of pro wrestling stuff. And, and I think in turn got a lot of other people kind of invested in it as well. And when Hasbro relaunched it, and I still to this day, and, and let me know what you think. I think when they did the toys that made us on G.I. Joe and, and Masters of the Universe, that was 100% a revival piece. Like they were wanted to see if they put those out there, if they could revive those lines, because both of them are doing great now. And mm-hmm. at the time, there was really no mention of G.I. Joe or Masters of the Universe. That, I mean, not maybe I think Masters was getting some stuff from Super 7, but not anything mainstream. And so I think the toys that made us is definitely responsible for that. But um, they announced just again today, they put up a crowdfund on HasLab for the, um, the dragonfly helicopter. Uh, of course it goes in the classified line and it comes with a wild bill, which is awesome. First time in the classified line. Wild bill or rink got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> speaking of that, if they had announced in the power town line, that we got the long riders i would have <laughs> lost my freaking mind dude. scott would have as well dude scott would have as well dude that to be fair there were two of my favorite remcos like with the coats are you kidding me like oh they were fantastic oh they were amazing yeah so like if we had got the long riders i would have lost my freaking mind <laughs> <laughs> like it was meant to be <laughs> uh, but, but going back to gi joe we're getting we're getting wild bill and then they announced ripcord as the first unlockable and so I'm going to do a live just because we'll probably be dating the podcast here, but I was just looking it up before we started recording within less than 12 hours. This thing has almost already funded. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. Mm-hmm. So my question now becomes, and I don't want to tie it back to wrestling figures because this is a toy cast that covers many, many realms of toys. But my question goes back to 
So where did Mattel go wrong with the Nitro stage? See, I, I've heard a few different things. So as of right now, it's at 80, 8112. So oh, less than 2,000 backers to fund. And so, so when, when you and I started, you were reading it off and it was at what, 7925? Yeah. And what is it out now? 8112. 8112. And at 13,000, that's when Ripcord gets unlocked. But they haven't even announced the next two unlockables. So, so in, the, in the span of the past 30 minutes since you and I started recording or we, were, we started talking before even, it's gone up 200 backers almost. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, it is. So, but to answer your question, where did Mattel go wrong with the Nitro stage? I don't know, man. Like, is it just, I have had a theory that when we were young, we kind of had to use our imaginations for a stage, right? Because I don't think we had any type of stage until Titantron. Mm-hmm. And by that point, you know, like I'm, you were probably still collecting, but not really playing. You more just like display pieces and stuff. This hits a little differently because you may have had this as a kid or wanted this as a kid. Now you can get the bigger version because it's, you know, continuing what you had. I think where the stage goes wrong is that a lot of people felt like they didn't need it. And that's just my personal thought, because like I, I, I mentioned on one of the podcasts before I used to have a dust ruffle on my bed that hit almost to the floor. Mm-hmm. That was my stage that they walked out of. That was the curtain. Got it. So I don't know. I mean, it's an awesome piece, but I don't I don't know why people didn't fund it. I mean, it well, looked awesome. The figures were fun. Like, I don't know. Well, the two things that come to mind, because comparing the two, is the G.I. Joe collector base bigger than wrestling fans? Yeah. That's question number one. And that's, you know, it's like the old uh, Mike Myers. Based thing. on this, I would say yes, but I yeah. don't know. <laughs> and also the two, lower, uh, lower price point. Mm-hmm. This comes in $225 less than what the stage was. Right. You know, so those are two questions to pose, you know, comparing the two HasLab and Mattel Creations. You know, are those the two reasons the HasLab thing to fund or at least on its way to and the Nitro stage to fail? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting because I know G.I. Joe obviously has a huge fan base, right? Like, but... I don't know, like the Nitro stage, the thing that I noticed with the Nitro stage, I heard this a few times, people were like, yeah, I might back this if I know I'm getting all five figures. Yeah. Maybe then it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And this, I think people are like, Wild Bill in a helicopter, give it to me. So everything at that point is just gravy. Yeah. I don't and, know. It's hard to say. And it's $225 less. Yeah. But it's two different fan groups. You know, you can't really... You can't compare it. Is it apples and oranges? That's the other thing. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions that go into it. I go back to the naysayers that immediately regarding the Nitro stage uh, that were like, oh, well, they kept pointing to this. Oh, this is wrong. Oh, uh, why why don't we get Scott Steiner? The lineup of the figures are, aren't right. We should be getting Scott Steiner. Blah, blah. Anyways, it was one thing after another with the naysayers. And they they put the negative bug out there. And I think people listen to that unfortunately and i th- that's just a personal opinion was yeah. it a, it was also five hundred dollars that's that's a lot but i yeah. always i always said to the people that didn't have the money to back it and to the people that had no nostalgia for wcw nitro 
and that could have been it too. I think Drew Vinsel mentioned that. He's like, think about it. Last time you probably saw that Nitro stage because they, they stopped using it in like 99. Mm-hmm. It was probably 1998. And I'm mm-hmm. like, damn. Like, I didn't think about it like that. It's been a long time. Granted, it's an amazing stage, but that might be part of it too. Yeah. Uh, to those two groups that didn't have the money or just didn't have that WCW nostalgia or that love for WCW, I always say you guys get a pass because, you know, mm-hmm. that's not hitting your collector bug. You know, yeah. there's some figures that Mattel comes out with that doesn't hit your collecting bug or Scott's collecting bug or my collecting bug. And we leave it on the pegs, you know, so there's a yeah. lot, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack when it comes to those two things. Now, going back to the HasLab thing, kudos to Hasbro. They've, they've got that mostly buttoned up and, you know, know how to get the uh, groups to fund it. Oh yeah. I think it'll be funded by, by the, the morning mm-hmm. but you know i think with with the mattel one you know another issue was and this is maybe just for me it's like okay so you're giving us hulk hogan and Rey mysterio and it's a hulk hogan that's not entirely all that different from what we've already gotten and the Rey mysterio is also one of his more plain looks mm-hmm. so it's like okay and we just got that legends one that had a similar attire just different colors so it's like well I don't know if those are necessary. First ever Scott Steiner, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, an ultimate DDP, which I would, I'm all about because we haven't had a, that era, like late nineties DDP in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then the warrior from his WCW look, you know, with the, the jeans, the boots and then the, the trench coat and all that stuff. So I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. But maybe it just wasn't enough. Maybe if they had given us, you know, more unique characters, but then again, like the the new gen arena had diesel and doink. It wasn't like either of those were like, oh, gotta have these. Like it was just like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then they threw in that that early bird macho man, which kind of got everyone like, okay, yeah, I want that too. So yeah, I don't know what the issue is. I mean, I know someone mentioned like if they had Mortis and Glacier, this thing would have funded. I'm like, well, I love Mortis and Glacier. I think that would be <laughs> great. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that would have helped because you still have to license those guys first, and so. That's where the, you can kind of call their bluff because they're like, oh, yeah, if this doesn't fun, we're not making them. It's like you already signed into a deal. Of course, yeah. of course you're making them. So yeah. I don't know. We needed the wall and Mike Enos. <laughs> the mauler, Mike Enos. <laughs> Disorderly conduct. Remember that tag team? I, who was that? They were on like WCW Saturday night. Um, uh-huh. I used to always joke because one of my friends knew uh, their names were Mean Mike and Tough Tom. <laughs> they were this like jobber team and you know they were like the sort of like, kind of like a cross between public enemy and the nasty boys like wore the sunglasses and like yeah we're tough guys <laughs> they were like all purple for some reason but oh. one of the guys that i trained with knew tough tom and so <laughs> i used to always just like dude we need some disorderly conduct let's let's, let's get them on the, let's get them on the horn <laughs> it just made me laugh because wcw had so many weird like roadblock you know like mm-hmm. rush is doing a figure of him they had so many weird like random guys showing up at that era one of my favorite things to do is just throw out a random wcw random guy and it always makes you laugh because like you really expect that random guy to come out and you're like oh that's great that that should be your personal mission for the show is to just try to pop me with a random wcw job guy because there were Uh, so many there were quite a few dude yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i used to always just throw that out there to wrestlers they'd be like wow like how do you even remember that <laughs> it's like so i watched a lot of saturday night uh wcw shows <laughs> times 
Um, we also uh, saw a little concept display from Rush Collectibles, a Kraken ring is what he's calling it. And it's it's a concept of like a retro style ring for the monster line that kind of looks like a, a big sea creature. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes well with that line, but it's a different uh, different style. What do you think about that, man? It's a gimmick line, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that have that that uh, that love for the monsters, and when you start adding certain accessories to it, yeah, it's one of those that's gonna grab them because they're gonna be like, "Oh, this is great! I got my two monsters. I got a ring now. The design on it, where the kraken is in the middle, it's got the teeth, mm-hmm. and it's got the eyes. You know, that's that's gonna hit." quite a few collectors that are into the monsters and wrestling that's going to hit them right there how many people we don't know we don't know what the fan base is like for that well i always kind of wondered if the mattel lines because they did zombies they did monsters mutants i think there might have been one more they did these kind of like gimmicky lines Mm -hmm. and i always kind of wondered if those would have done better if they had like accessories like a ring or something because I always go back to this. If they had done WWE Barbarians and they were just basics with gear, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have hit. They instead did a whole new scale with the masters of the WWE universe. They had a ring. They had weapons. Like It was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Like mm-hmm. A totally different thing. I always kind of wonder like when they don't go all in like that if you don't really get the full effect. And probably not. And like, How many people are sitting there with their zombie... Brock Lesnar and they're like oh here comes zombie Brock Lesnar down to the aisle you know right you know there's not that it's a weird line for sure yeah exactly but when you have a line devoted to it like what they were doing with the masters the ring made sense you know when you had a whole thing devoted to it and plus the he-man scale figures were just huge for them now granted we saw quite a few on the pegs or on the shelves we saw quite a few of those but there, for the collectors to get a ring and put their Bret Hart or their Andre or their Mr. T in there, I think it hit a certain fan base that loved it. Well, and I, like to me, like I thought like as a kid, like how amazing would that have been if I had a He-Man and Hulk Hogan teaming up against, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Skeletor, right? Like that's <laughs> insane. Like it's, it's, it's literally mixing and matching your toys, but they're in the same scale. So I thought that was a fun idea. It could it could have lasted a little longer, maybe, but that's a better of a WrestleMania one card right there. I'll tell you, Body I Piper. want Cowboy Bob in their corner. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Skeletor and Roddy Piper. That's a hell of a promo waiting to happen. Absolutely. It is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so, but that, that's the thing is, like, I think as a kid, like you can start thinking of those possibilities. And I've always wanted a Hasbro line that wasn't wrestling just because I think that scale is super fun. And so when Rush announced this monster line and I saw the Frankenstein, I'm like, dude, I can imagine the figure photography now. Hulk Hogan just defeats the Undertaker. He's posing and all of a sudden the lights go out and here's Frankenstein. And I'm like, <laughs> beautiful. Like, this is awesome. Like, there's there's so many fun possibilities. Here, and, here comes and the Yeti. This, yeah. <laughs> the Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> It's not for everybody for sure, but it's it's a cool it's a cool concept. So it is. I, I'm it, I'm kind of curious to see how it does. Well, I'm I like how Sal's all in on this, and you know, yeah. and it it there is such a huge fan base for horror type stuff like that. Yeah, um, there's a whole thing out here. Uh, it's I know we're getting off on a little side tangent, but Channel 44, Channel 12 on cable 
out here, they have a whole Saturday night of horror stuff. And it's like old horror movies and like the most off the wall sci-fi horror stuff that you can come up with. And it has, it's like an underground uh, fascination out here that people love. Fun fact, Shotzi Blackheart was on that. Oh, wow. Yeah, she used to be because they would come back from commercial and it'd be like some dude in a studio that was all dressed up and had the makeup on and they would have the girl or whatever. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) But the uh, fun fact, Shotzi Blackheart was one of the girl dancers because they would have girl dancers, you know, when they would come back. Shotzi Blackheart was one of the girl dancers. So it was kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah. So anyways, fun fact. Well, and I think there's something to that. You know, a lot of people are into the horror stuff, you know, and uh, NECA uh, has done great with all the, the horror monsters and stuff like that. So I think it's I think it's only fitting that we try it with a wrestling figure scale because mm-hmm. I've often wondered this. And I'd like to get your thoughts here. Like Hasbro had the Street Fighter license mm-hmm. and they incorporated him into G.I. Joe in the 90s, which was a really fun idea. They also had the Mortal Kombat license a few years later and they kind of did G.I. Joe scale Mortal Kombat figures. Mm-hmm. And I kind of makes me think like, man, if they had made like a Blanca Hasbro style, like figure like that fit with the, the Hasbros, mm-hmm. that would have been amazing. Like mm-hmm. I would have been all in on that. S- same with Mortal Kombat. So granted, I, I understand G.I. Joe made more sense because you have vehicles and everything else and probably cheaper to produce. But I always kind of wondered why they didn't try to put those in with the, the wrestling toys figures because it would have been amazing. It would have. Uh, well, technically, Street Fighter did have a vehicle. It was that car that was randomly parked, and then Blanca, <laughs> yeah. E Honda went up and chopped it. You know, right. but, but no, I'm joking. Um, it, it would have been a fun little crossover to kind of have that in scale because, you know, there were certain figures back in the '80s that crossed over. Not, it wasn't just GI Joes that were in three and three quarters. There was quite a few lines that were in three and three quarters. So why couldn't? Oh yeah. Street Fighter going Hasbro style or right. WWF Hasbro style, I should say. Why couldn't they have done that? You yeah. Know? Well, and then, and also, too, like, I think it would have been cool if they did, like, I don't know if they would say a play set, but it'd have been cool if you kind of did, like, the stages that they all fought on, like, mm-hmm. maybe a backdrop where it's like Las Vegas, which is that Balrog's, like, you know, his stage and stuff. Like, that would have been fun. And you could kind of incorporate that with your wrestling toys. Again, I feel like they're kind of doing that more today where they're kind of putting everything together. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have like this melting pot of just here's all this fun, nostalgic stuff. Go have fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in the day, not as much. But I mean, it was still cool to get them in the G.I. Joe scale for sure. But always kind of I, to me, I think this could be a huge hit just because it's totally different. Now, that could also mean some are like, no, I don't need that because it's not wrestling. And others being like, oh, I love that because it's monsters. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Street Fighter, those Street Fighter figures are moving off the shelves because i can't find them at all out here so travis has told me the same thing he has he's having a really hard time finding them i literally got a message from a friend here locally said he found he showed me a picture here's you know two of them right here i'm like oh cool i'll I'll swing by that target later one of them was gone when i got there really and the next time i was at, at another target they had six figures two ryu and four phalongs and they were all gone the next oh, day. Wow. So they are moving and they're 25 bucks a piece. So they're not exactly cheap, but I mean, they're great figures. So I oh, think that's, they're... that stands good for the rest of the line. And Travis brought this up, which I think is a cool idea. If you're a customizer 
how cool would it be to get like a Zangief when they make him, mm-hmm. but paint him up in the green or the blue. Because mm-hmm. they always had alternate colors, which was fun. Yeah. Speaking of Zangief, I don't, I can't remember if I told this on the show or if we were talking off air or whatnot, but uh, fun, fun little story. We went to WrestleMania this past year down in Los Angeles. And uh, we walk into this bar and it's the bar that Lemmy used to hang out with uh, for Motorhead used to hang out in Los Angeles at, and he had his own special spot at the bar and everything. So that's one of the big reasons we went to the bar. So anyways, we go to the bar and we walk in and Scott goes, Hey dude, that's Bubba Ray Dudley right there. And I was like, Oh cool. Bubba's here, you know, but I didn't want to bug him. Sure. So we get into the spot that Lemmy would sit at at the bar. We're sitting there and, they're ordering food and uh, Scott and his drunk wrestling history co-host are getting drinks. All of a sudden this big dude walks in. He's got a big bushy beard and his hair is like back in a ponytail. And I'm like, that kind of looks familiar. Well, one of the guys <laughs> we were talking to at the bar goes, Oh, that's the guy that played Zangief in the first uh, Jean-Claude street fighter. I popped. I was like, Oh dude, I need to get a picture with him. <laughs> That's amazing. Bubba Ray Dudley, I did not want a picture with, but when that Zangief guy walked in that was in Jean-Claude Street Fighter, I was like, I need to get a picture with this dude like right away. I didn't because I didn't want to bug anybody because it seemed like everybody was having a great time. But <laughs> that's super that's super cool though. Like stuff like that's like because I don't remember seeing that guy in anything else, you know, but like I remember you from Street Fighter, which I mean like that's really cool. But like good on him that guy could probably make a ton of money on the uh, autograph circuit you know exactly hit just the hey i was in i was in street fighter that's yep. awesome like that's super yep. cool how many voice actors get a lot of business from these cons just traveling sure. around so for sure man um i don't know i think i think stuff like that's really really cool like I, the last con i was at it was just a toy show and they called it retromania out here which was it was kind of cool and it was actually a fun one because they only charged me and so they said if you know if you're like less than 12 and you're with an adult it's free so my nephew got to come in for free which i thought that was really cool nice and and then uh the guy that actually was like zordon from the original power rangers there what yeah and i'm like <laughs> how weird like it's it's so strange but it's like that's really cool you know and just i was mostly there just because i wanted to see all the toy setups and there was a bunch of stuff there which is really cool but um he, he was happy because he got a an elite edge for a pretty good deal so nice yeah, so it was it was just really cool to see everything. But yeah, that's what's that's what's interesting about these guys that kind of had that one hit wonder in their acting career. Like I'm sure it didn't pan out for them like they wanted to, but like, hey, you were Zangief and Street Fighter. That's amazing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and you know what the fun part is is when you go to these cons, seeing all the random voice actors, random oh, yeah. actors just in general that are sitting there and you're like oh, that's who did the voice of Shredder or that's the person that did this or what, you know, whatever it is that they're there. Right. You're like, oh my God, that's the girl from Little Giants or, you know, it's, right. just cra- it's so crazy like seeing them that nowadays you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, oh, they're at this con. Yeah, and I think that's what's so cool about it is because I've never been a big fan of like meeting the celebrities necessarily, but it's like, it is kind of crazy to think like one of the ones I was at, they had uh one of the girls from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a couple of the guys from Sons of Anarchy, the guy that played Jason Kane Hodder from like the last few Jason films. Mm-hmm. He was also Victor Crowley in the Hatchet movies. And I'm just like, wow, that's awesome. Like, you know, I, mean, I didn't go up and pay for an autograph or anything, but I'm like, that's kind of cool though. Like it's, it's kind of a fun thing. And, you know, like I said, I think we all go to comic conventions for different reasons, but you know, to me, I just like seeing everything. I think it's fun. 
I'm trying to figure out who that one actor is going to be, whether voice actor or actor in general, that's going to get me to break and purchase a photo with them or a, uh, if I have an autographed toy of them, who's going to be that one to get me to break that. See, that's what, that's, what's interesting because like with, with figures, like it would have to be a very interesting figure for you to get an autograph of a real person other than wrestling, right? Like mm-hmm. GI Joe wouldn't really work, I guess. Actually, I do have one, Jason Muse from oh, wow. Jay and Silent Bob. I do have his figure signed, and oh, nice. I do have a selfie cool. selfie with him and Scott. I was actually I just wanted a selfie with Scott, not Jason Muse. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I met I actually met Jason David Frank, the late Green Ranger, um, back in like 2015 at a Comic Con, and. It was the only one I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'd like to meet him. And he was like super cool. Mm-hmm. And part of me was like, I don't need to buy it. Cause like, they were like, oh, you can buy an autograph. It's like 40 bucks. And I was like, I just kind of want a picture with the guy and talk to him for a few minutes. I'll go have you buy an autograph. I'll take a picture with you. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. So I did. And I almost was like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this, but I, I, I did. I talked to him for a few minutes. He was super cool. And now that's one of those things. Like, I'm really glad I did that because I mean, he's no longer with us like that that was such a cool moment to be able to talk to him and just kind of, you know, tell him like, yeah, dude, I've been in martial arts my whole life. Just like you, like that's, that's like, a, that's a really cool thing. So that goes back to the talk of you and Daniel cross on rumble wheel. When you were mentioning, like there was that, no, you do not go up to wrestlers and ask for a picture or anything. Like you were looked down upon if you did that mm-hmm. and you got to a point in your career where you're like, yeah, screw it. And you went up to Bobby Eaton and you, as you said on Rumble Wheel, you were excited or you were happy that you did that because if you wouldn't have done it, you wouldn't have gotten that picture with Bobby. I think a lot of it is your approach. And I think for whatever reason, a lot of people, when they meet someone with celebrity status, they, they tend to act weird, mm-hmm. which is going to make anyone awkward. Right. But, you know, I sat there, I talked to Bobby Eaton. I'd met him before. He's like, hey, man, you had a great match. And I was like, I appreciate it, man. Any, any feedback? And he didn't really, he was a little, he was like three sheets to the wind. Let's just say that. So he didn't really have a <laughs> lot to tell me, but it was just kind of cool. Like him kind of just, you know, he was saying kind of the basic stuff, like way to be aggressive, way to do this, way to do that, you know? And like, it was really cool. I was like, I appreciate it, Bobby. I was like, I'm a big fan. I don't know if you know that, but I, I used to, I love watching Midnight Express matches. Like, oh, thanks, man. That's cool to hear. I was like, would, would it be too much trouble to ask for a picture? He's like, oh, come on, man. That's awesome. Like, and he was super happy about it. I think sometimes too, in a weird way, it does make their day a little mm-hmm. bit too, where they're like, "Oh wow, that's really cool." I got, you know, a kid wanted my picture. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think there's something to that, but I think timing is everything. You know, like CM Punk catches a lot of flag, but I've also heard him say like he's had his earbud pulled out of his ear while he was at a urinal. Oh, I mean that's a little much, you know. Yeah. So I think that's where you know people meeting guys at the at the airport at 5 a.m. to sign all their stuff. That's a little much. Like, I think most people are cool as long as you give them respect. Right. Like, um, we don't have a lot of celebrities where I live, but Garth Brooks, actually, the country music singer, he lives here in, but where I live in Tulsa, in the Tulsa area. And he's, I've never seen him out in public, but there's been times people are pretty sure they saw him at, at a restaurant or at the mall or whatever. And he was on a radio show years ago when he first moved back to town because he kind of, moved away from the touring schedule and all that stuff. And they the radio guys were asking him like, like how, how should people be in public? And he goes, I have no problem with people coming up and saying, hi, that's I've never had a problem taking a picture. I've never had a problem doing an autograph. 
He's like, if I'm out eating dinner, just be respectful. Don't sit mm-hmm. down at the table. If you want a picture, you can wait out in the waiting area and I'll get it when I'm done. He's like, but don't interrupt my family time and we're fine. And, I, and I'm like, that's a pretty fair statement. Like, yeah, I, I just feel like a lot of people don't have any respect for that. Yeah. A lot of people lose control when they see a celebrity out and about, um, yeah. not to match story for story or anything like that. We were, we were here in Alameda, California. Uh, we were out to dinner. It was for Scott's birthday and it was like 1988, 1989. And out here back in 88, 89, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire, the two of the biggest baseball players out here, we were out at dinner and here comes Mark McGuire and he's out on a date sits down right next to us and scott is scott has no filter when a celebrity comes by scott (laughs) scott loses all bodily function and (laughs) so when we're out and about he has to wear a diaper fun fact no i'm just joking um (laughs) no so that's what uh, i call him squat (laughs) exactly that's not it's not his drunken name (laughs) um so what scott did is he turns to my mom and he goes hey do you have a pen and paper mom goes yeah she hands it to Scott and Scott walks up to McGuire and he goes, Mr. McGuire, can I get your autograph? And he sets down the pen and paper and he goes, thank you very much. And he walks back to the seat. We pay for our tab. We pay for our bill. We get up, we turn around and McGuire had signed the piece of paper and he said, thank you, Mr. McGuire. And he took off. That was it. That was the only form of communication we had with Mark McGuire. And I thought that was always a cool way of how Scott did that. Um, I think he had to be coached by mom to do that because Scott, knowing Scott, he would be like, Oh my God, dude. Like I watched you hit number 48 at the Oakland call. You know, <laughs> that's how Scott yeah. does it. But I think he had to be coached by mom a little bit. Hey, just drop the paper, walk away. Don't bother him. And that's kind of what Scott did. That was a good way to approach. Now on the flip side of the coin, Jason Newstead from Metallica, former bassist for Metallica lives out in this area. He gets swarmed when he's out in Walnut Creek, California. I mm-hmm. think he still lives out there if I'm not mistaken. He gets swarmed all the time second he's out at safeway or the grocery store he gets swarmed hey you know you're the basis for metallica you know stuff like that gets bothered sure. all the time so there's a good way and a bad way to approach yeah well and i think again like not making a scene at the restaurant probably helped him have a, a good evening right because yeah. if he'd be like oh dude you're so good. <laughs> like he starts freaking out then that's that generates attention right then he's probably be like hey quiet you know like yeah calm, yeah calm yeah. down you know like <laughs> i i think there is there is elements to that i think with anything it's just i don't know man it's just um having common sense more than anything is the biggest thing and just being being nice and being respectful yeah like because to me i actually heard the you know the actor dax shepherd have you heard of him oh, before yeah. mm-hmm. i heard him on a podcast talk about it and he said he said it's interesting because I'll have people come up, I guess, because he, he's kind of an oddball. And I guess he kind of throws that out there when you meet him in public. Mm-hmm. He said, I got, he's had people come up to me like, um, hey, you know, can I, can I get a picture with you? And he'd be like, sure. Or I, you can sit here and have a five minute conversation. And they're like, what, what does take the picture? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm trying to throw them like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like, here, you can talk with me for five minutes. <laughs> Because <laughs> his thing is like the pictures for other people. Yeah. You post that because you'd be like, hey, check it out. I met Dak Shepard from Without a Paddle or whatever other movie he was in. And and in reality, he's like, that's for other people. He said, this can be your own experience. So you can talk to me for several minutes. And I'm like, that's very interesting. But 
I also get why everyone's like, no, let's take a picture. (laughs) (laughs) Don't really care to talk to you necessarily. I just want to show my friends I have met a celebrity, you know, which I don't know. Very interesting that he he would throw that that choice on people. Mm -hmm. I'll save the uh, Kota Ibushi and Scott serenading him uh, drunk story for another time. Well, I'm, I just hope Scott doesn't quit drinking because I need more stories. Oh, dude, <laughs> I have two right off the bat with Kota Ibushi and Xavier Woods, but we'll save that Beautiful. for another TV toy cast. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> uh, well, I guess it's probably about that time to dive into uh, to some Transformers if you're ready, man. Hell yeah, I am. All right. So I'm going to pull up. So so we mentioned this already, but Transformers Generation 1, 30, 30 I guess I say figures, they're, you know, transforming figures slash cars in this wave so we're going to probably cut it in half to about 15 here uh but before we dive into to this first wave what do you remember about transformers man were you a collector of this obviously like the cartoon was huge the movie the animated movie was was big in the 80s and the toys were amazing but again with all these different toys like you couldn't collect everything right so where was where where did transformers fall for you they were top of the they were second in line. Sorry, wrestling figures will always be top of the line. But these were about second in line back in 84, 85. I, you had to have Optimus Prime. Oh, yeah. Every kid in the 80s, in the mid-80s, had to have Optimus. I, I can't explain how big the Transformers were. And I think the toys that made us actually did a great job explaining how big it was. Like, for example, I pulled this from the toys that made us. They made $150 million in 84 that came out in spring of 84. So they already missed a. Yeah, that was on the toys that made us. I mean, that's crazy. $150 million in these toys. Yeah. But that, <laughs> GoBots didn't do that, I'll tell you. No, they didn't. <laughs> well, like, I, I'll tell you, there's a line in the Star Wars episode of the toys that made us where, and I, I don't remember the number, but the guy, he's like a toy historian on there. And he mentions how much money the movies made. And then, like, he goes, but the toys made this much. And it's like a billion dollars or something or close to it. It's just like, wow. Like, you know, I'm not a Star Wars guy, really. So it's kind of crazy to see how much. Because, I mean, I do know Star Wars made a ton of figures and they still do today. But it's crazy to think how much toys generate revenue for these companies. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Transformers was one of those things because it was a Japanese property. Like it, but it was like it was always one of those things. Like I remember, one year for a birthday, I got a transformer, and I don't remember which one. I didn't have any, but I got it for a birthday, and like open it up, and I'm like trying to put it together, and I'm like, this thing is amazing. Like it was mm-hmm. such a fun figure, and it was like there was nothing really like that. Yeah, at least I, that I knew of at the time. No, well, GoBots, but GoBots were like yay big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing that going back in the old Rolodex of the brain transformers was one of those big after at least out here. Now I don't know where it fell out in the other part of the country, but out here it was part of that big block of cartoons. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was after school, you got home. It was like three 30 was GI Joe. Four o'clock was transformers. I forget what 430. It might have been Silver Spoons. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. That's the first Silver Spoons reference on this show. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I take full Ricky credit. For <laughs> um, but it was part of that big block of cartoons after school that you had to watch. That cartoon was, it was so easy to follow too. It was Decepticons versus Autobots. It was so simple. They were fighting over energy. That's it. 
It was so simple to follow. I, the animation might have been a little miss, but it was yeah. it was must see TV. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but it was must see TV after school. And you, it was like, oh, they're off season now, so I can go back and watch the reruns and and see if there's anything I missed. I can't explain how big the Transformers were out here um, among the friends. You know, we would be the show and tell. People would be bringing their Transformers to to school. Like oh, yeah. it was almost like daily because it you had a row of kids that would bring up all their show and tell stuff daily. Somebody, one of the kids had an Autobot or had a Decepticon or whatnot. Those are my memories of the Transformers. And we talk about nostalgia on the show and it was a big, it, going even going back and just kind of doing a little bit of research was such a nostalgia trip for this, for this episode of the TV toy cast. So that's, I gotta, I gotta dive into this. Cause as soon as you said that it, it, it dawned on me, I'm like, I wonder if kids today, we were talking about nostalgia earlier and like not collecting. I wonder if they even do show and tell. Like, what are they going to show? Hey, this is my mom's iPad that I watch YouTube on. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know I had this. If she knew I brought to school, she'd kill me, you know? like <laughs> Don't grab yeah. dad's iPod. Dude, like, I remember, like, a kid bringing a Terminator 2 action figure when I was in first grade. Mm-hmm. It was the one that had, like, the three interchangeable arms. Yep. And I'm like, I must have this. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> and, like, he was showing, like, how it shoot a missile, and the other one had, like, a big, like, like rod that came out of it i'm like i have to have that figure that's amazing but like yeah show and tell that's another thing that like i don't think kids probably do as much today which is a shame but like you said what was really cool about that is like if a kid brought a transformer i remember a kid bringing a whole collection of baseball cards when i was in second grade i'm like oh man i want baseball cards like you know and like i i had a couple but not like a full binder and i saw that full binder and i'm like oh that's so cool so i immediately was like i want to buy some baseball cards so yeah man that's another thing that's probably missing from today's world is show and tell yeah there were some kids you were like oh man get the hook get the hook <laughs> no, but... <laughs> yeah wrap it up <laughs> take it home kid nobody cares <laughs> but the, show and tell back in the day was so much fun because it was for us seeing oh wait what's on the shelves that we missed you know yeah oh there's oh there's a new mask toy where did right. i miss that how did i miss that when i went to toys r us two days ago you know stuff like that Show and tell was so much fun, but a lot of kids brought Transformers for their show and tell. A lot of the boys, obviously, brought Transformers. And it was like, here's my Optimus Prime. And then Kenny, two seats behind me, is like, here's my Bumblebee. Then two, you know, two seats behind Kenny was, here's my Ironhide. You know, it was Transformers every single day. You can almost count on that back in the day. I remember we, uh, in second grade, the way they did show and tell is I think we did it every day, but like you got to do one day a week. So five kids do it on Monday and so on. Yep. Yep. And this one kid, I, I, and I don't, I think he may have, they've made it home. Like, okay, don't do that again. Cause it took too long. He brought his, <laughs> you remember creepy crawlers? Creepy. It sounds familiar. What refresh the memory. So they were kind of, it was kind of looked like an easy bake oven. And you, you had these like metal molds and you poured yes. like this, it looked like glue, but it was like this goop in a mold you can make like a spider or a snake or something and you heated it up and basically turned into like a rubber you know whatever like a creature and so like he made like he brought it out and like made like a spider or like two different <laughs> bugs and like it took like five or ten minutes to cook and so like he started it and the teacher's like all right everyone else go and then like when it was done he pulled it out and we all got to pass it around i'm like 
I need some creepy crawlers. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like it really did. It was a smart idea because it, it really did get us into other stuff that we may have not known about. Yeah, exactly. But going back to Transformers is if one of those kids brought that to show and tell, we were asking mom and dad, Hey, can we go to Toys R Us tonight? Because I think one of the new optimists is out or something like that. It, it brings back such happy memories. Just even going back and researching the Transformers G1 from 84 to 87. Oh, definitely. And um, we'll kind of start diving into some of these here before it gets too long here. But we'll start off with Blue Streak. Um, I don't know much about this, but I swear that looks like a DeLorean to me. That is. Probably is. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Well, that's the other thing. And I'll, I'll sorry to interrupt, but no, go ahead. there was a lot of these characters that came out in the first series. And you're like, that's like a back character that's a character that you know right. is off screen to the left you know that's an extra <laughs> so you're kind of like oh okay well they're making blue streak all right well that's cool i guess you know well and, and i think two transformers did something really smart here where like there was a problem and i don't know this but i, I see it nowadays where there's different scales right so there's different sizes so different price points so mm-hmm. blue streak probably on the cheaper end of things so correct you have a little bit of money, but you want a transformer. Maybe you maybe you grab this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Braun, who almost looks like a, a tank or a jeep. I don't remember yeah. this one much either. But again, a lot of side characters. Obviously, there's there's thirty figures in this first wave. Correct. Another side character. Not really much to say about. There's probably some transformer fans that are listening. They're like, "You don't know Braun." <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> well, the thing is, we can't have knowledge of everything. Like I know. Um, we, me and Travis covered, um, we were going to cover, before we took a little uh, hiatus, we were going to cover Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anything about Star Trek, like very, very little. And I was like, well, we're just going to talk about the toys. We don't have to be Trekkies, you know, like, you know, not everything we're going to know about. So I, but yeah. I want it to be like where we can talk about this stuff, even if we're not huge fans. I know you're a huge fan of Transformers, but, mm-hmm. you know, not everything we will be. So correct. But also, this is obviously probably the character we all know, with the exception of maybe Optimus and Megatron, one of the bigger ones, Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. More recent years, he's had his own movie. He was a focal point of the first Transformers film. And speaking of that, I got to ask you, were you a fan of the Transformers film? And the reason I ask, I have a cousin who is a massive Transformers fan, mm-hmm. but he did not like how the movies were because he's like, that's not Transformers to him. So did you have that feeling or did you ever see them? What were your thoughts on the movies? Are we talking about the Michael Bay movies? Yeah. Not a fan. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's, is there something about live action that just doesn't grab me? Yeah. I grew up with this being a cartoon. If they were willing to do another cartoon, like the Spider-Verse movie, mm-hmm. you know, for Spider-Man. Why, why not do an animated movie? Exactly. You know, you can have Michael Bay do all the explosions you want, but do it in animation, please. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, I agree with your buddy. It's, it's not the Transformers I grew up with, and I'm just live action just doesn't resonate with me on movies that I grew up with that were, or sorry, that TV shows that were cartoons when I grew up. It's like the GI Joe movies with the rock, you know, it, yeah, you know, that's just a perfect example. It's fine as like an action movie, but it doesn't have to be GI Joe. Joe. Exactly. Well, very well said. Well, and and like I said, I think with like that GI Joe movie, like they did the first one, which was like, okay, that's fine. Then the rock came in and they like killed off everybody or it's all new people. It's like, what, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> Cause you had to make sure roadblocks, the number one character. It's like, okay, come on, like get out of here. But 
whatever. But no, Bumblebee was always a favorite. And of course, you know, here he's the classic Volkswagen bug, which they kind of got away from in the uh, the movies, which I was not a fan of that either. Uh, apparently they wanted to do it where I forget who changed Bumblebee, but apparently it was like Herbie the love bug or something like that. I heard um, uh. it, was, it was too close to Herbie the love bug. So they wanted to change up Bumblebee. Uh, this was one of my favorite toys when I was a kid. Oh, hands yeah. hands down, I loved Bumblebee. That was everywhere. In fact, Bumblebee was probably my third favorite character. Uh, we'll get into my favorite ones later, later on down the road. But Bumblebee was one of my top favorite characters out of that show or the G1 cartoon. We also have Buzzsaw. Now, I, I didn't know the name, but I remember a friend of mine had this because it was like a tape deck. And yep. I always thought that was super cool. Yep. I Originally... I thought Buzzsaw was Soundwave because Soundwave had a tape deck in his chest. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody's like, no, it's Buzzsaw. I was like, who the hell's Buzzsaw? You know? <laughs> what happened like, to Soundwave? What's going on here? You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I think stuff like this was cool. And that, and that was another thing. My, my cousin, who's a big Transformers fan, was like, Megatron was a gun. He's not like, why are they changing this stuff? Like that was his big complaint, which I mean, I, I totally understand. You know, I know a lot of people get upset with, uh, with them kind of taking liberties with Ninja Turtles and some of these other properties. It's like, why are you changing? Cause I remember when they made that Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movie, they were going to make them aliens. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no dude, it's alien slime or ooze. that turns them into mutant turtles, not yep. aliens. Like, why are you changing it? And then of course they ended up, they backed off, but it's like, why, why are you trying to reinvent the wheel? Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't understand it. Our next one, we actually have a variant here. It comes in two different color, uh, colors, yellow and red. Cliff Jumper um, almost kind of reminds me of like a RC car or something, like a mm-hmm. RC Pro-Am right there. <laughs> oh, you hit my feels with RC Pro-Am. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I loved about the uh, – one thing I did want to bring up is the stickers, the holograms that were on top of these cars. Oh, yeah. And you can see it clear as day on Cliff Jumper, but – it was almost like you would put your thumb over it and the heat of your thumb would um, bring out the coloring of the Decepticon or the Autobot. And it was great. It was great. I was, I always left my thumb on there and you'd see the, the transformer logo and you're like, all is right in the world. Oh, for sure. Well, I remember this kind of reminds me of micro machines too. And mm-hmm. I remember my cousins had some of the color changing micro machines. I was just like, Oh, that's so cool. Isn't it? Like, oh man. So much fun. So, okay, Frenzy, he looks like a straight-up cassette tape. And I'm curious, does he fit into the Buzzsaw tape deck? Is that how that works? Yes and yes, but I don't know. <laughs> I've got to be honest. I don't know about that one. Again, I'm not 100% sure, but that's, again, that's kind of fun to have, you know, a tape deck, a cassette tape. But also shows the age of this, considering, like, you know, that wouldn't even be a thing today. But in 1984, you know, cassette tapes were huge. Mm-hmm. The 90s probably had CD. <laughs> and I, I want to say in one of the movies they had an iPod. And I wonder if that's who that was supposed to be. It was an iPod shuffle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Uh, next up, we got Gears. I don't remember this character much either. I'm, the picture is not the most clear. It looks like almost like a, a go-bot dump truck. A dump, yeah, kind of like a go-bot, but it looks like he's supposed to be like a dump truck or something maybe. Yeah, it's so funny because when you sent this over, I was like, man, I don't remember that character. You remember? Yeah, the, a lot of these you, were, you don't know. Because the cartoon really focused on the big characters. They focused on Optimus being the leader, Megatron being the heel, 
sound wave starscream being his uh when i say his megatron's lackeys yeah um, yeah you know there was really focused on those characters and when you got these side characters like oh wait wasn't he in like episode two and we haven't seen him since you know that you know right. stuff like that well that was kind of the thing with power rangers i know when they made the um the villains for that line they were all villain of the week right because you had rita repulsa who sit down a different monster every week to fight him so no one could really remember all the villains you might remember the big giant pig or some of the other ones, but they were only in one episode and you may have missed that one. So that was one of those lines where the villains didn't do as well as like the Rangers. Cause it's like people didn't have any connection to them. So, mm-hmm. but again, this is also the area, the era rather where they made just about everybody. Correct. The cartoon sold the toys. Exactly. Uh, next up we have hound. He is all, he's like a military Jeep. This guy looks like he's pretty good size too. So I wonder if this is probably one of the more expensive figures. Uh, possibly. <laughs> again i've drawn a blank on some of these i was i was trying to do as much research on these as i could but man i just have no memory of these i even went back during covid and watched a lot of the transformers because i've mentioned this a thousand times the transformers cartoons when you go back and watch it still holds up today and that's the thing too is like i've tried to go back and watch you know i was a big fan of x-men and spider-man as a kid uh-huh. and they're both on you know disney plus now the ones from the 90s and like they're good but it's hard to like binge watch you know yeah you can't sit there and just be like i'm gonna watch 30 episodes of x-men it's hard to sit through so right right that's the thing sometimes with animation it's fun but it's small doses <laughs> exactly and th- this is the era of where the cartoon sold the toys you know that you created the cartoon to push the toys out and you created a bazillion characters like we're getting to right now yeah. And it's like, hey, here's Hound, you know, he was <laughs> yeah. in episode three and, you know, and episode nine and that's it. And you're like, oh, OK. Well, it, it, you know, I mean, it's no different than the wrestling toys, right? You look at the Hasbro line, like Skinner was not really a guy they featured much, but he had a Hasbro figure, you know, True. it's kind of it's like, oh, Skinner, like great figure. But like, I remember even making this point to Travis is like, what's interesting about that is. They gave Skinner an entirely new mold to Skinner. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like they did like, oh, we're, we're saving money on El Matador because we're using Jake the Snake's body. So, you know, Skinner right. will, he'll be, he'll be easy. I don't know. Like, it's, <laughs> Skinner. I mean, come on. Like, it's insane. That's like Outback Jack in the LJN line. Right. That's like, how, how the hell did that happen? Right. So we've got a few more here to go over. The next one is Huffer. He also, um, he kind of looks like a semi truck trailer or semi truck without the trailer. So kind of has the Optimus prime look, but not quite as big probably, but mm-hmm. again, not a, not a character I know much about. Um, but these next couple, I do know um, this one. I remember for sure. Ironhide. That's definitely a, uh, that's the name we probably all remember. He kind of has the, uh, the van, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, almost the 18 van look, but definitely, one of the more well-known characters from transformers there was the middle tier characters and ironhide seemed to fall into that spot where mm-hmm. he was the to relate it back to wrestling he was the mid card and yeah. he was he, he was one of those upper mid card characters that he's the marty Janetti. very well said very well said <laughs> love it love it um but yeah ironhide was a in the cartoons he was not a big character but he was a mainstay character yeah, this one, that was, I know he was 
heavily featured in the films and stuff. One of the more well-knowns as is this guy, um, jazz an, mm-hmm. another fun one, um, you know, looks more like a, like a race car, which is cool. This would have been like the one I'd have probably went for as a kid, just cause he looks awesome, you know, mm-hmm. and seeing him as a, as the car or as the, as the robots really fun. One thing I loved about the jazz character is he was always speeding. Like yeah. and it, it makes sense because he was a race car, but he would always like do burnouts or he would, you know, slide, do a, like a slide into the camera shot or something like that. And that. That's one thing I always loved about the jazz character on the show. Not again, not a big, big name, but it was mid cardish. And then uh, we also have laser beak. Mm-hmm. who looks like he's another cassette tape. So laser beak, if I'm not mistaken, and I hopefully the transformer fans don't, come after me but if i'm not mistaken laserbeak always left soundwave he always le- like left his chest cuz he was a cassette okay tape. um and then he was always like a spy or something like that so laserbeak would take off and go spy on what the autobots were doing so i wonder if like him and frenzy are like mortal enemies or something could be since they kind of have that similar look i don't know that's just a guess i don't know but but there's so uh, much research we could do on here that it's hard to make time for it all. Right, right. Laser Laserbeak was one of those characters again in every episode because of Soundwave. Because as I said, he would exit Soundwave and then fly off somewhere. So had to have this one uh, because of how big of a character Laserbeak was, just because who he was attached to. Right. So this is probably the biggest heavy hitter that we're going to discuss today. Megatron. Of course, he's, you know, the gun that turns into the robot. So this was um this was always like, you know, if you don't know Transformers, you know Megatron as the main bad guy, right? Mhm. Yep, Megatron was he was the bad guy that you just you wanted to hate, but damn was he cool. Yeah. I mean, it looks. Go ahead. I'm sorry. He looked great when he was standing up. Now he turned into a gun and it was kind of like, wow, he really transformed into that. Like, oh, you know, you expect him to be like a semi or some type of vehicle or something like that. But but when he was standing up and he was being a leader of the Decepticons, you're like, oh, man, this dude is badass. This there's something about this guy. You're like, oh. God, I want his toys. <laughs> well, what's even cooler is it looks like he turns into a couple of different versions of a gun too, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. But I was always kind of curious why why he wasn't a vehicle. Like I don't know. I guess that I mean I get why that's how it, just how it was, but it's always kind of interesting to me that like everyone else was essentially a vehicle and he really wasn't. Of course, well, I guess were... that's not that's not true with the cassette tapes and stuff. But right, Soundwave was a, a cassette tape, or he, yeah, he transformed into like a boombox slash cassette tape type thing which was weird but at the same time the same comment i made about megatron i'm also going to say about soundwave soundwave he had that voice box voice that Mm -hmm. just he was so awesome i loved soundwave and i was like damn it he's so cool like what Shawn michaels says about Tolly blanchard he was the first bad person that you wanted to hate but you loved right (laughs) (laughs) very good point uh, and this will be our final one we cover for part one here, just because there's so many of these. I don't, I don't want to make this go too, too long. But uh, Mirage, another kind of almost like a Formula One race car style. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember this guy either, but definitely a a fun looking 
fun looking figure for sure. Came with a lot of accessories too. Yes, it does. Yeah. Several accessories. <laughs> Quite a few, especially for the 1980s. Yeah. And that's another interesting thing too, is like with these being that they transform, it's kind of interesting that they do have accessories, but I think that's kind of cool too. Yeah, exactly. And they did walk around with some accessories like Soundwave had the tapes. Um, yeah. Megatron walked around with the guns and there was a, there were some accessories that, you know, would come with some of them. Like Bumblebee didn't do anything. No, <laughs> he didn't have anything with them. He just transformed for a Volkswagen bug into a Autobot. That's it. <laughs> but it's definitely, a, it's definitely a cool line. And yes, we know we didn't mention Optimus Prime. He'll be on next week. Don't, don't worry. It'll happen. <laughs> we'll, we'll cover uh, next week. Um, part two of this, of this line, just because there's so many of them, but I want to get your take on Transformers today in 2023 because we still see a bunch of them on the pegs. Mm-hmm. Do you collect any? Do you look at them? What are your thoughts today? No, and I think that's one of those things that I have to scale back my budget. And we talked about this last oh, week. Oh, yeah. And Transformers is on that. As much as I would love to collect the old stuff, anything that resembles the 1980s, I want to collect that. The new stuff yeah. just isn't hitting home. The stuff from the 80s, I would love to get a Bumblebee. I would love to get an Optimus. You know, I would love to get a Megatron. You know, stuff that you see Super 7 making. Oh, yeah. I would love to collect those. Just can't. It's a $55 price point from Super 7, $45 maybe. I just can't jump into those. And the budget is hit hard nowadays due to inflation and due to life. You know, gas isn't cheap out here. You know, there's so much stuff out and about that you're basically paying something every single day. And it's like, some things just have to take a back seat. And unfortunately there are certain toy lines that do take a back seat. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you straight up though. I don't know if you ever do stuff like this. Anytime I go out to eat, I never get a soft drink or a tea. I always get water, water. Yep. Simply because like we went out to eat the other night and, um, like I always get water, but of course my parents can't see very well. So I always have me look at their ticket to see how much it is and stuff. And they're soft. They both got unsweet tea, which is usually what they get every meal. And it was three twenty-five a glass. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang, that's what six fifty just for a drink. That's one meal. You start that adds up, you know, over time. It really does. In my so my whole guilt free thing is like I can buy one figure a week and probably what I could spend on just beverages. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you ever do that or or think of like, yeah, maybe I'm gonna eat cheap meals this week so I can buy more toys. But it's definitely something you have to kind of kind of have to live within a budget, you know. So it's not easy. Exactly. And there's a I've actually cut out going out, just not eating out as much, you know. You know, oh, door, yeah. I was ordering DoorDash during the pandemic, I would say maybe once a week. And that was like, oh, it's 30, expensive, man. 35, 40 bucks. And you add the DoorDash fees and it's 140 bucks, you know, stuff. Like yeah. just, just kidding. But no, the DoorDash fees just, and the tax just made your meal like, oh my God, this is like 60, 70 bucks. Yeah. You start, you start doing the whole, oh, God, my ticker can't take it. You know, you start doing <laughs> Well, it does get expensive. And I think that's where like nowadays I, I'm almost always searching for deals. Yes. And, and, with food and stuff like that, because food is just so outrageously expensive, especially with, um, you know, groceries, eating out. It really doesn't matter. If you want to eat, you're going to be spending some money. Oh, big time, big time. Uh, Jeff, once again, I appreciate you joining me this week. It's always it's always a blast talking toys with you on here. 
Uh, Absolutely. Like I said, next week will be Transformers Gen 1 Series 1 Part 2, plus uh, all kinds of new stuff happening in the toy world. Uh, but also, too, I got I got a shout out Fully Posable, man. Let people know where they can find Fully Posable if they haven't checked out the show yet. Why Why would you shout us out? <laughs> why not? <laughs> I don't know. We suck, dude. <laughs> uh, just I say it every week. Uh, just do a Google search for us. That's the best way you can do it. You can find uh, all of our shirts at ProWrestlingTees or WhatAManeuver.net. You can find all our shirts there. Uh, just do a Google search and you'll be able to find our episodes on Podbean or wherever you get your podcast from probably wherever you found tv toy cash you're gonna find fully posable so definitely check us out uh go you can go all the way back to episode one on podbean but i don't know why you would do such a thing i don't recommend that that was that was terrible just had a yeti mic between scott and i it was terrible anyways isn't that crazy how like we advance in technology and stuff and (laughs) yes because i remember early on thinking Like we had, I don't even think we had a microphone. I think we just used Bane's laptop and we just talked into the laptop. Like it yep. was a different time for sure. Absolutely. But you can just search fully posable wrestling figure podcast and break, right? Thank you for the plug. Oh, for sure, man. And check out all of our other podcasting buddies. There's a bunch of them out there. Too many to list at this point. Uh, <laughs> I have a couple other shows, uh, Breaker and Bane's power hour. And then the Saturday morning rumble wheel with my buddy, Daniel cross, check those out as well. Um, we have TB Toycast t-shirts over on our T Public store, which the, the link is in the show notes. So check that out if you want to grab a TB Toycast shirt. In fact, we actually have one in the works from, um, from our, uh, our pal Jason Wolf. So it'll Ooh. be different than anything we've done yet. I'm very excited about it. Uh, so I'm very excited for when he has that completed. He kind of showed me a rough draft and I was like, Oh man, that looks sick. So it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll hit everyone in the nostalgic feels for sure. Is it you and Travis standing on a hill at the nighttime looking up into the sky and it's my face up there? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> Son of a bitch on Nostradamus, dude. I knew that shit was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that is not the shirt, but uh, it. it will be it will be a fun one. And like I said, it'll hit a lot of different fandoms too, which I'm I'm excited about. So that'll be the third design. Exactly. Third design. (laughs) But thank you guys for checking out the TB Toy Cast, and we will see you in the toy aisle.